Hi guys, uh, Pastor Greg Corcoran here from Battlefield Baptist Church. Uh, pray that this sermon is a blessing, an encouragement, and a challenge to you in your walk with the Lord. Additionally, I just wanted to say that if we here at Battlefield can ever be a blessing to you, please don't hesitate to contact us. And the best way to do that is through our website at battlefieldbaptist.org. Again, I pray this sermon blesses you, encourages you, and uh, that you'll fall more in love with God, more in love with His Word, and more in love with people. Stand if you're able. We're going to worship the Lord. This first song, we get to proclaim it with the heavenly hosts.
let your glory reign, shining like the day, King of heaven, this morning. You may be seated.
by being here. If you're visiting with us or, or this is your first time maybe being here in a really long time, um, you've honored us with your presence. I mean, take an opportunity this morning, fill out one of the connection cards. You can, you can find it in your seat back and then drop that either in the offering box on your way out or you can bring it to the information center um, on your way out. And, and we have a gift just to say thank you so much for coming and worshiping with us 
this morning. Would you pray with us this morning? Father in heaven, thank you for another opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for another opportunity to worship you this morning. Father, we pray that you would use the the singing of praises this morning to cultivate our hearts so that the seed of your word can fall upon good soil. Father, we pray that if there's someone here this morning that has strayed from you or has never begun a relationship with you, that this morning you would draw them unto you as only you can. And Father, we pray this all in your name. Amen. Well, if you're joining us this morning, this will be a little bit different than our typical worship um, service. This morning, our choir is presenting a Christmas celebration entitled Hope Awakes in Bethlehem. You know, all throughout the ages, the story of Christ's birth has been told in song and re-sung over and over again. And for really good reason. On that silent and holy night in a little town of Bethlehem, the light of the world broke through the darkness and a heavenly host sang it out for all to hear. And what was their song? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. And now, more than 2,000 years later, that song is still alive in our hearts, and we hear it as clearly today as the shepherds did on that first Christmas day.
in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch of their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men.
so it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger.
all throughout Scripture, you can hear it. I mean, you can hear it in their prayers, and, and you can hear it in their songs. I mean, it's the heart's cry of a people who are lost in darkness, a people longing to see a great light, longing to see their promised Savior. You know, in his famous hymn of yesteryear, Charles Wesley wrote, Come, thou long-expected Jesus. Come and set thy people free. And that hymn goes on to say, Hope of all the earth, thou art. That night in Bethlehem, a promise would be fulfilled, for this was the dawn of hope. Come and see, a, a child is born, a son is given, a baby cries, and hope is awakened.
Let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Isn't that the message of Christmas? You have boiled it all down. We spend time with family. We spend time with friends. We, we give and we receive gifts. But at the end of the day, when you boil it all down, Christmas comes down to a baby born in a manger in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago and us coming and remembering and adoring him. He's the hope of Christmas. This morning, we're going to talk about hope for just a couple of minutes. You, you know, that, uh, that, that word hope is an interesting word. In our, in, all, in our vocabulary today, a lot of times, we use it almost with a question mark. You know, I, I hope it doesn't rain today. Good luck with that. I, you know, I, I hope we have a white Christmas. That's not looking good either. I, I hope the commanders, or the Redskins, or whatever we're called this week, I hope the commanders win a Super Bowl. We, we use the word hope with a question mark, with really no, no confidence that it's going to happen, right? But the, the word hope goes much, much deeper than that. You, you know, Merriam-Webster's uh, dictionary defines hope as a desire accompanied by expectation. A desire accompanied by a belief that what you hope in is going to be fulfilled. And if we're not careful, we study our Bible that way. Just to use a, a, a simple example, back in, back in 2007, Hannah was four and Becca was two. And all they wanted, all they wanted that year for Christmas were stick horses. You know what I mean by stick horses? The, the, the horse head, uh, it, well, kind of a horse head on a stick, which sounds really creepy, but it, it really isn't. They wanted stick horses. And so Courtney searched for stick horses, and mother of the year, she found stick horses in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And so we took them home, and we safely tucked them away in the attic with the Christmas decorations. And Christmas time came, and uh, and we we... we Packed the car for Mimi and Pawpaws. We were headed to southeastern Ohio. We packed the car with all the, with all the suitcases, with all the Christmas gifts. We packed the car, we, we put the kids in the car, and, and we took off. We headed, for, we headed for southeastern Missouri. And about halfway there, it hit us like a ton of bricks. Those stick horses were still safely tucked away in the attic. And we thought, what are we going to do? So we pulled off. To the, uh, we pulled off the nearest exit. Now, mind you, these two little girls, they are hoping that they're going to get stick horses for Christmas. But they're not thinking that they're hoping with a question mark. They're hoping with an expectation. Because they've been good all year, right? And so they know they're getting stick horses for Christmas. So we pull off at the, at the next exit, and Courtney calls her mom. And she says, quick, you've got to find us stick horses. And I wasn't on the call, so I, I don't know for sure, but I can imagine Mimi said, what are you talking about? But, 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 but me, as, as is always the case, Mimi and Papa jumped on it. They were all over it. They took, and, and so the rest of the drive, Courtney and I spent wondering, hoping, with a really big question mark, that when we got to southeastern Ohio, there would be a couple of stick horses waiting for us. You know, if we're not careful... We study our Bible that way. 
We come across passages of hope where God offers hope to his people throughout the Bible. And if we're not careful, if we define the word hope wrong, we end up with a God who's a hope so, maybe so, depends on what side of the bed he woke up on. That's not the God we serve. If we wanted to look at a few examples, we could go back to Adam. All the way back at the beginning of time. And you know, we, we all know the story. Uh, Adam, Adam sinned. God asked him not to do one thing. And what was the one thing Adam had to do? He sinned. And so God pronounced a punishment on Adam, on Eve, and on the serpent. And during the, uh, the pronouncement of the judgment, of, of, the, of the punishment of the judgment, he, he still left hope. Because in Genesis chapter number 3, verse 15, we all know the verse. He says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And that was a, 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 that was a prophecy of Jesus Christ coming one day to crush the serpent. Even in the punishment, God left a ray of hope. We, we look forward to Abraham. You find in Genesis chapter number 12, the, the Bible says, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I'll make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that curse thee. I bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. By the way, for what it's worth, careful how you treat Israel. God blesses who bless Israel and he curses who curses Israel. But this isn't a political message. So... But that last phrase of verse number three is interesting. It says, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. He gives a glimmer of hope, a ray of hope, a foretelling of Jesus coming one day to a manger for the purpose of paying for your sins and mine. You know, we could jump forward into the Psalms. Oh, there we go. Now we're in trouble. We could jump forward into the Psalms. In Psalm chapter number 130, verse number 7, the Bible tells us, well, the psalmist said, let's put it that way, the psalmist said, let Israel hope in the Lord. Not with a question mark. Let Israel hope with an exclamation point in the Lord. Why? For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. You know, the, the nation of Israel had this nasty habit of falling into a repetition, a, a, a repeated, uh, I don't know what the right word is. They, they did the same thing over and over again. They, they would sin against God. And then God would punish them. He'd send them into slavery. And then they would beg God's forgiveness. And God, being the merciful God that he is, would restore them. And then a few years later, they'd sin. And God would send them into slavery and they would beg his forgiveness, and he would forgive them and restore them. And we see the sin, slavery, supplication, salvation over and over and over again. And when we read verses like Psalm chapter 137 and 8, let Israel hope in the Lord, it wasn't just a, a weak promise. There was something to it. For with the Lord there is mercy and plenteous redemption. We, for, we jump forward into Isaiah. And, and you know that Isaiah and Jeremiah were two of the prophets. Prophets were, were sent to, to, to give Israel, to, to, to explain to Israel a difficult message. Whether it was a call from sin or whether it was an explanation or letting the, the nation of Israel know what was about to happen regarding punishment of God because of their failure to follow his principles. But even in the difficult message, 
in Isaiah chapter 9, one of the most familiar Christmas passages of Scripture. He says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There was hope. All throughout Scripture, there was hope, but not with a question mark. Not wondering, is God going to come through? Hope with an exclamation point. He is going to come through because he is who he said he is and he will do what he said he's going to do. We jump forward into Lamentations. Lamentations is a great book to get a Christmas message out of, right? Lamentations chapter number three. The, the prophet Jeremiah has gone through a whole list of, of, of the things that Israel had suffered as a result of their sin. And he gets down to verse number 21 and he says, This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. What did he have hope in? It's a verse we all probably know and have quoted before. This I recall to mind, therefore I have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Why? Because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. God leaves us with hope. We jump down to verse number 26 in that same chapter, just a couple verses. And Jeremiah said, it is good that man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. And you know, that was important because it, Lamentations was written around, uh, around 4 or 500 B.C. And for 400 years, from close to the end of Lamentations to Matthew, it was silent. God didn't speak to his people. And so when we get to Jesus in a manger, it had been 400 years. And you know, the people of Israel were still hoping. They still believed. You stop and think, why would Mary take on being the mother of God? Was there joy? Absolutely, there was joy. But there was sorrow. She ended up sitting at the foot of his cross watching them kill her son. Why would Mary do that? Why would Joseph change his plans? Why would the shepherds leave their livelihood on the side of a hillside outside of Bethlehem to come find a baby? Why would the wise men pack it all up and travel for months or years to find this newborn king? Why would Simeon and Anna spend time in the temple hoping, waiting? There's only one answer for all of it. It's because they hoped. They believed. They desired with that expectation. They desired with a belief in fulfillment. And all the examples we've looked at so far, they, they look forward to Jesus. They look forward to a baby in a manger, the hope of Christmas. And today we stop and we look back 2,000 years to the baby of Christmas with hope. Because we believe he is who he said he was. We believe he's going to do what he said he's going to do in our lives individually as a church. We believe our God. In Hebrews chapter number 11, we find a passage of scripture that's one of my favorite passages on hope. The verse says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Have we stopped to consider what that means? Faith. 
is what makes up hope. If we say we believe in a baby in a manger, we have hope that he's going to say he's, that he will do what he said he's going to do. That faith is what makes up that hope. Our faith in him is what gives us hope. We jump down to uh, Romans chapter number 15, verse 13. The Bible says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope. You know, it, it, let me read that again. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, do you want joy? Do you want peace in your life? Then believe in the baby in a manger. And that God of hope will provide for you the joy and the peace that we so long for in our lives. Christian, I don't know where you are today, but let me encourage you this Christmas. Stop and consider what it means to hope in Jesus. What does it mean to hope in a baby in a manger? Not with a question mark. Not wondering if he's going to do what he said he's going to do. But knowing, believing, trusting that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Knowing it just hadn't happened yet. He's going to come and save us. Take us home to live with him in heaven. We get to spend all eternity with him. We have things to hope for. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior this morning, let me encourage you to get that squared away today. Christmas is all about a baby in a manger. Like I said at the beginning, we have fun. We enjoy Christmas. We, we, we have time with family. We have time with friends. We give, we exchange presents. That's all, that's all good. But at the root of it, Christmas is a baby in a manger. A baby that came to die for your sins and mine. The whole purpose Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know we're sinners, right? Deep down inside, we know that. Romans chapter 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. We know we've sinned. We know there must be a punishment for it. But the rest of that verse says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the message of Christmas. That's the hope of Christmas. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you don't know what I'm talking about with this whole hope thing, this whole joy and peace in believing, if it doesn't make sense to you, there are folks here that would love nothing more this morning than to take a Bible and show you how you can know, how you can hope in, how you can trust in the Jesus of Christmas. So before we leave today, let's just stop for a minute, bow our heads and close our eyes, and let's ask the Lord to be with us this Christmas as we refocus on hope. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, I'll be down here at the front. I would love nothing more than to, than, than to, to have somebody take you off to the side and show you in the Bible 
how you can know Christ as your Savior. So give you a few minutes while Dina plays uh, a song. Heavenly Father, thank you for a day, really a season, that we can stop to thank you for who you are and what you've done for us. Lord, you came as a baby in a manger so that we could know you and have a relationship with you. That blows our minds. Thank you for loving us, for caring for us, and providing us hope in a world where sometimes it feels like that's missing. Pray that you'll be with us this morning, this Christmas season, as we celebrate the hope of Christmas. Now, I have to tell you, before we, uh, before we go too far, that when we got to southeastern Ohio, there were two stick horses waiting. And everything worked out. But I learned a little bit of a, a, little bit of a lesson there that day kind of a, an example, if you will, that when you put your faith, you put your trust, you put your hope in God, He's going to come through for you. We, we called Mimi and Papa, and when it comes to grandkids, Mimi and Papa are all over it. They've got it taken care of. Kind of a silly example. But when we come to God with our hurts and with our concerns, He's there for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to His purpose. We have a God who loves us. We have a God who wants the best for us. We have a God who wants to give us hope. And when we put our faith, we put our trust, we put our hope, not with a question mark, with an exclamation point, when we put our hope in the only one who deserves it, we can take confidence in the fact that all is well.
that a blessing. Amen. Uh, how about another uh, round of thanks for the Lord and for the choir. Where'd Chad go? What, what a blessing. You may be seated just for a second, man. What a blessing, amen, that we have the answer really, to what the world needs at this time of year and at any time of year, and that is the hope of Jesus Christ, amen? And uh, man, you know, the writer of Hebrews says that our hope is like an anchor. It is sure and steady, just as, as, Chad, as Chad was talking about. There's no question mark when it comes to our hope, and so I pray that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And listen, if you don't, don't leave this place today without Jesus. Amen. I'll be honest. I want to be, I want to be y'all's grandson. If y'all can find stick horses in Southeast Ohio, I'm guessing you can find just about anything. And it's good to have, did you say Mimi and Papa? Mimi and Papa, and uh, thankfully they found those tick horses for their granddaughters. But listen, I'll tell you what, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son on that night of night so long ago, born in a manger, despised, and on and on we could go, but because of Jesus, you and I today and all who put their faith and trust in the risen Savior of the world, we can have hope in a time and in a season of our life where hope seems to be very bleak. And so I'm so thankful for Chad, thankful for uh, the folks back here running our audio and our video and technical support upstairs. Would you let them know? They did a great job. <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal. It is awesome. It was, a, it was an amazing thing. Amazing day. Chad, thank you so much for that message. Thank you so much for talking to us and reminding us about the hope. And I want to remind you all of something as you go. Uh, this week, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Slow down just a little bit. Right? Slow down. Because if we're not careful, we get carried away with why Amazon won't ship what you've asked them to ship by Christmas. <laughs> we'll get carried away with why Walmart doesn't have that stick horse in the bin anymore. And I want to encourage you, this week, focus in. We've talked about the beginning of Christmas. We've talked about the joy of Christmas. Today, we've talked about the hope of Christmas I encourage you to think about that. Meditate on that this week as you prepare your hearts to really to celebrate the greatest gift 
that was ever offered to mankind. The unspeakable gift, as Paul talks about. Do that, would you, this week? Just take time to slow down. I want to remind you of a couple of things this Wednesday. Moms and dads, our young people, our Wana Bible Clubs, thank you so much for all who serve in our Wana Bible Clubs. They'll be having their Christmas party in their Wana store. Now, I know some of you have brought goodies to help with that. If you're still planning on doing that, we really need those things no later than first thing tomorrow. So drop them by the church if you haven't done so already. I know uh, also Wednesday night for our, for our parents of teenagers, middle school and high schoolers, we're going to have meet the new guy. Amen? And uh, he's right over here. I'll tell you what, this is a good looking dude over here. He is a sharp dresser. Nikita, stand up so everybody can see you again. Yeah. Yes, sir. But now you stay standing up. But last week I had her wave, but y'all couldn't really see his better half. So Kirsten, would you stand up beside Nikita there and let us welcome you. And uh, so excited. So excited uh, to serve the Lord, and I'm very thankful that Nikita's here. Yeah, God bless you. And, uh, and so uh, you come, parents of teens, uh, and we're going to have a great time Wednesday night. Meet the new guy. And then uh, adults, we're still going to have Bible study downstairs. If you're not involved in either of those activities, we're going to have Bible study. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe just something a little special on Wednesday night for the adults. I don't want you to feel left out. And so we'll be here Wednesday night. And then next Sunday, make sure that everybody understands, next Sunday we will have one worship service here at 10 a.m. And then we will have our 5 o'clock candlelight service. They will be different messages, different services. I hope and pray that you can make both of them. And uh, we're going to have a great time. This Sunday, I will tell you, the 5 o'clock service will not be long, but we will take time to celebrate the King. At 5 o'clock next Sunday, pray for one another, right? Pray for one another, encourage one another, and I know that you'll be blessed. Father, we love you. We thank you for the day that we've had in your house. God, thank you for the willingness of these people behind me, and the people with our media and our tech crew and our audio and lighting and the, the literally, I dare say, hundreds and hundreds of man hours that went into just putting the lighting together alone. God, I pray that you would bless them for their efforts. God, I thank you for Chad and his, his leadership, the desire to serve and to worship you in doing it. God, I pray that you'll bless him and be with him and his family during this season of Christmas. God, I pray that you'll be with our, our family members and friends who are away today, who are unable to be here, those who are in hospitals and rehab centers and those who are at home recovering from from strokes and surgery and so many other things. And God, I pray that you'd continue to have your hand a blessing on many of our families who have lost loved ones during this season. God, Christmas can be a difficult season, but for Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that we'll keep our focus where it needs to be this week. And I pray that you'll be honored and glorified in all the things that are planned Lord, we know that without you, there'll be to no avail. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll be with us as we go our separate way now. And, Lord, that you'll bring us back in the days to come. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for all that you have done. For it's in the precious and powerful name of your son, Jesus, we pray. And for his sake, 
Amen and amen.